Welcome back to the Authentic Author Episode 4. Episode 4 already, I think it is. So very exciting. Thanks for being back. If you're returning, if you're here for the first time, good to be in your ears. Uh, I usually do a little intro of myself now, but uh, you'll learn here in a minute why I'm not going to do that. But um, yeah, we're back. Episode 4. This one is going to be a little bit different because here's the deal. Uh, when I, when I named this podcast, the authentic author, I really meant it. And I think last episode I talked a little bit about how I'm just going to kind of go with whatever is on my mind. What's, what's weighing on me, what I'm thinking and feeling at that moment. And so I think, um, what I'm going to do this episode is give a little bit of deeper, uh, background into who I am and a little bit more detail on my writing career, uh, to give you a bit of perspective as to who I am, where I come from, and why my journey might be um, might be valuable to you, and the the point of view that I bring might be valuable to you. But first, a uh, quick update for those of you who are friends, family, readers. Um, I have a new book coming out. It is called "In the Dead of Winter." And it is set in uh, Northwest Ohio, so Northwest Ohio readers will be psyched by that. They will know uh, the setting very well. Uh, finishing t- uh, touches on that, I uh, I have yet to finish the the actual manuscript, but I am getting very close. I am considering doing a pre order for that. Um, probably mid July is when that book will come out. I plan to have it finished here in the next two, maybe three weeks. And then I will go through, I'll do a quick dry edit myself. I will then send it on to my editor for a professional editing. Once I get it back, I will edit it again myself just to make sure because when you're dealing with 50, 60, 70, 80,000 words, you're bound to make a mistake or two, uh, no matter how good you are as an editor. So I, I double check my editor and make sure she didn't miss anything. And so I will get that back, and then, uh, of course, it'll need to be formatted and put up. I'm going to say probably July 15th is what I'm going to shoot for right offhand. I don't know what day of the week that is, but uh, somewhere in the middle of July. So I'm considering doing a pre-order for that, but nonetheless, I am putting uh, the finishing touches on it. A big twist kind of came to fruition that I wasn't expecting in my last uh, writing session, so uh, we're going to see how that plays out, if that's going to cause any rewrites or not, but um, yeah, we're working through that, so as far as writing is concerned, that's where we are there. I am heavily considering um, re-enrolling a couple of my novels in uh, KU, Kindle Unlimited, for those of you who aren't aware, Kindle Unlimited is uh, Amazon's kind of exclusive subscription platform wherein you can subscribe to Kindle Unlimited and you get either discounted or free books. Um, ebooks, um, I believe, is is all that uh, you can get on there as ebooks. So as an author, you can agree to be part of that, and in doing so, you agree to be exclusive to Kindle Unlimited. Those books cannot be sold anywhere else during that time. And um, in exchange, you can run certain deals, uh, discounts, give away free books through Amazon, through KU. And I've been kind of um, sparring with doing that with a couple of my books just to to get some traction for them, um, being that I have uh, some sequels and some series editions in mind for a few of them. But more on that later. Uh, One other thing that I I think that I'm going to uh, introduce as a normalcy of the podcast is uh, cluing you into whatever book I'm reading at the time 
of recording. So this will be the very first one. And actually, it's kind of cool. I just just picked this book up today. I have not started it yet, but it does uh, it does sound incredibly um, suspenseful, thrilling, and uh, bone chilling, if I may say so. Uh, it is called Secrets to the Grave by Tammy Hogue, T-A-M-I-H-O-A-G. And uh, just in case you're curious, so you don't have to look it up, I'm just going to read the little synopsis here. It says, Marissa Fordham had a past full of secrets, a present full of lies. Everyone knew her, but no one knew her. Oh, excuse me, everyone knew of her, but no one knew her. When Marissa is found brutally murdered with her young daughter, Harley, resting her head on her mother's bloodied breast, she sends the idyllic California town of Oak Knoll into a tailspin. Already on edge with the upcoming trial of the See No Evil Killer, residents are shocked by reports of the crime scene, which might have remained undiscovered for days had it not been for a chilling 911 call, a small child's voice saying, My daddy hurt my mommy. Sheriff's Detective Tony Mendez faces a puzzle with nothing but pieces that won't fit. Love that line, by the way. <laughs> nothing but pieces that won't fit. To assist with his witness, Haley, he, Hallie, he recalls his teacher-turned-child advocate, Anne Leon. Anne's life is hectic enough. She's a newlywed and a part-time student in child psychology. Plus, she's the star witness in the See No Evil trial. But one look at Hallie alone and terrified, and Annie's heart is stolen. As Tony and Anne... Annie begin to peel back the layers of Marissa Fordham's life. They find a fragment of a clue here, another there. And just when it seems Marissa has taken her secrets to the grave, they uncover a fact that puts Annie and Haley, Hallie, directly in the sights of a killer. Marissa Fordham never existed. So that's uh, that's not a not, I was not very smooth in reading that off. There's a there's a lot of kind of interesting uh, kind of unique names in here that are spelled very uniquely as well. Um, in my experience, so sorry about that mumbling and, and jumbled uh, summary that I gave there, but uh, hopefully you're able to get the gist. It sounds like a good one, and so I'm starting that tonight. So I'll let you know how that uh, turns out, and I may choose to do like a book review when I finish these books. I'm, I'm, my wife and I are getting on to a, a routine of trying to read a book a week each. So, uh, so yeah, so I'll make more time for my reading and, uh, maybe I'll do like a book review episode, uh, every, every couple weeks or something. So, yeah. So into, uh, the, into the thick of the thicket, um, of our, uh, of our episode here, a little bit more about who I am, how I came to this point and a little bit more about my writing career. So, um, if you're not familiar, if you, if you know me, if you're close with me, I'm, I'm relatively, <laughs> no pun intended, an open book and, uh, I'm, I'm not much of a mystery. Um, uh, pretty much, uh, put it all out there. Anything you want to know, I'll tell you, I don't have many <laughs> secrets. Um, but if you're not if you're not familiar with me, uh, I I grew up wanting to be an actor. I uh, well, I actually was an actor for several years as a, as a child from ages probably nine to thirteen. I did some commercials. I did some uh, some short films. I did some book trailers. Actually, um, kind of an early uh, uh, look into my my writing world uh, writing career that I I didn't know was coming. But I did a couple a couple little things like that. A Bible school video. Um, my biggest probably uh, claim to fame was auditioning for the movie Hotel for Dogs. Um, who and I think the the. Uh, actor who ended up playing the character I auditioned for was Jake T. Austin. 
who was a pretty big name at the time. I haven't seen him do much lately, but he was on the Disney Channel and all that stuff. So he was a big name, so he got that part, but I auditioned for that. So that was kind of cool to be able to say that I auditioned for that movie and for that part. Anyways, uh, so yeah, I was an actor. Um, even through high school, I did all of the musicals, all the plays. I was very involved in those. I liked doing them. And then when I went to college, actually, my, my parents really wanted me to consider on, cons, uh, continue on with theater. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I, I don't know, I just wasn't feeling it anymore. I don't know if I came to that to that point that a lot of us come to when we have big dreams where we have to quote unquote become realistic. And so I decided to get a business degree and I dove headfirst into that. But somewhere along the line, I'm going to say probably maybe end of freshman year, early sophomore year, I got this inkling to, to write a book. I don't know where that came from, but I, I wanted to write a book and I had this thought in my head, this kind of story idea about a businessman, a very wealthy businessman who is very much to himself, very much closed off and reserved, who um, everyone knows of in 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 Chicago where where the story is set. Um, everyone's very aware of him. He's very much in the public eye, but no one knows much about him. He keeps very much to himself, and the reason for that is that he has a dark secret in his past. And I won't reveal. That secret, I won't reveal too much, although it was my very first novel, so it's not hard to figure out as you begin reading it. <laughs> but um, it took me a year and a half to write, and that that uh, that story came to be called Love Before Law, which is my first novel. And as a matter of fact, shameless plug here, you can actually get that book for free, if uh, the ebook version. If you go to tylerporterbooks.com and go to the free book tab, you can uh, enter your email. I'll throw you on my email list. You can always unsubscribe later if you don't want to hear from me, although I don't think I've sent an email in like six months, <laughs> so I won't be bugging you very much, um, but you can sign up with your email and uh, I will send you a, uh, a link to download a free copy of that if you're interested. So I wrote that book and it took me a year and a half to write it, um, very on and off, you know, uh, but I, I enjoyed the process and I learned a lot. When I finished that book, I had every every intention of being traditionally published. That was my goal. That's what I wanted to do, um, and I had it. I had it in my head, like a lot of us, I think, do. Before, if you're a writer, if you're like me, maybe before you discover the world of of self publishing and independent publishing, you kind of have it in your head that um, you know if you're not traditionally published, then you're not quote unquote a real author. You're not a real writer unless you 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 know you have a publisher and you have a an agent and you have a you know an editor and you you have all these people that and a manager and all these people that you work with and people who fly you all over the world for these book tours, which doesn't really happen anymore. And uh, you have this in your so that's what I had in my head that that's what I needed my my story to be if I wanted to be a real writer. And so I dove really, really deep into figuring out exactly how to make that happen. So I ordered off Amazon a book called, I think it was like self-publishing 101 or something, but it was a book that had kind of a whole lot of, not self-publishing, excuse me, like the publishing world 101 or something like that. And there was a whole lot of information about the process of being published and you know, how to go about it and the steps and everything involved. And in the back, there was like 50 pages of nothing but contact information for agents. And it would, you know, have their name, the company they worked for, the publisher they worked for rather, their contact information, and then everything they were looking for if they were, if they really liked to represent romance writers or thriller writers or epic fantasy or whatever it was, 
It had that all listed there, and then there was instructions for querying them. And if <laughs> I still don't think after all this time I say that word right, but um, if you're not familiar, uh, um, when you when you try to get an agent to become traditionally pub- traditionally published, typically you're you're submitting a query letter, which is kind of a, a short summary of who you are, uh, why you're reaching out to that agent, what your book's about. And uh, you try to essentially sell them on why they should read your book and see if it might be a good fit for them. So I, I, I took notes and I had probably four or five pages full. And I apologize if you hear some clicking in the background. That's my, my uh, partner in crime, Zena, our Rottweiler, as, as well as my stove going off. Um, so hopefully that's not too distracting for you. So I took probably five, six pages of of notes chocked full of agents' names and and bullet points about what they were looking for and how to query them and specific instructions on how to send the email, what the subject line had to be, and I went to work writing query letters, dozens of query letters (laughs) that were specific to each individual agent, and I looked each of them up on Twitter and Instagram and tried to learn something personal about them that I could connect with them on a personal level, and and just a side note, I was a sales major in college, sales and marketing, so, um, and that was kind of my entire experience in, in life at that point with, with work with sales, so, um, you know, I learned a lot of that in that world, but I kind of tried to figure out something that I could that I could pinpoint, that I could connect with them on some personal level with each of them. So it was a very intensive process. Sent out all these queries. I think I ended up sending out like 35 or 38, something like that, query letters with my first book, Love Before Law. And I heard back. The good news is I heard back from quite a few. Um, they were all rejections. Um, I probably got maybe eight or nine responses out of the ones that I sent out. Um, all were very positive, very, uh, you know, really enjoyed the first chapter or really, really enjoyed the summary or whatever. This isn't really for me, not what I'm looking for right now, you know, keep up the good work, maybe in the future, whatever. It was all very positive. You know, I didn't have any, you know, some of the horror stories you hear about, oh my God, this book is terrible. You should never write again. Don't, don't contact us. We would never represent you. Didn't have any of that. Um, but it was all rejections nonetheless. Uh, luckily, I'd always remembered the story about J.K. Rowling. If you're not familiar with her, um, I don't know where you've been all this time, but she wrote all of the Harry Potter books and was the creator of that whole world that has become an absolute phenomenon. And she's amazing. And uh, you should love her as much as I do. And uh, actually, Harry Potter, the first book, was rejected um, several times. So uh, fun fact for you. So I I remembered that and I remembered some other – I'd done a lot of research up to this point just of other authors and their journeys. And uh, I knew that that rejection was just part of the game. But around this time, I I don't know what switched in my head because I was very much against self-publishing up to this point. But somewhere – I don't know if I just became impatient or I decided that I didn't, I didn't feel like leaving, leaving this up to someone else when I could control it myself. But um, I, I kind of took that focus away from figuring out how to get traditionally published and threw it into f- the process of self-publishing. And I figured out how do I get a cover created? How do I hire an editor? How do I hire a formatter? How do I submit this to Amazon? How do I get it up? Uh, elsewhere outside of Amazon? How do I get books printed? 
How do I promote it? How do I advertise? And I, I jumped into that and uh, and I think that just doing things is a lot of times the best way to learn things. It's not always the most cost effective way to do things because I think my first book that I put out cost me probably close to $3,000. <laughs> I think I spent like almost $800 on the cover of my very first book. And when you see it, you're not going to believe that I spent $800 on probably could have done I probably could have taken a, a silhouette photo of myself and done the cover myself. Um, but I think I spent almost $800 on the cover, I probably spent another seven $800 on editing, a couple few hundred dollars on formatting, um, advertising, I I had to buy ISBNs. I mean, it was I spent a lot of money on that first book, and I thought that's what I had to do. Um, and then I discovered that I could give it away for free, and that was uh, something that a lot of authors had done. What I didn't know was that that whole that whole strategy, although it is still used today, was not nearly as um, effective <laughs> as it used to be. Uh, so I. Thinking that was the right thing to do, I gave away that free book for free, and I think I had oh six or seven hundred downloads um, in the week that it was for that it was out for free. And um, to this day, I think it still has the most reviews of all my books. It is still has a five star rating, which is great. Um, people loved it. Long story short, people loved loved love before law. I hate it. <laughs> to this day, I hate that book. And I think uh, I don't think I'm alone in that when when authors talk about their first books, because we learn so much in writing it, and we're so so far removed from that skill level by the second one, that every book after that first one, we 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 it feels like you're getting so much better, whether you are or not. It's, it's up to the readers, but it feels like you're getting so much better. And so when you look back on that that very first one, you're like, oh, God, I could do that so much better. I could write that sentence so much better. But um, to this day, it's probably my most popular book. And uh, at that point, I, as I said, a year and a half writing it, probably another three, four months before I had it published, or I published it, I should say. And I didn't really have plans past that. During the process, I knew I was going to keep writing. But I didn't have plans for more books in that. I didn't plan to make that a series. It was just a standalone. It was one story. But I have a very suspenseful mindset. And so when I ended that book, I ended it on a cliffhanger. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. I, I ended it with a nice lead into a sequel. I, I, I'm finding that the word uh, cliffhanger is a very bad word in the writing world and um, I did not leave questions unanswered from the first story. I simply left the book uh, with a lead into the next one because I'm a big movie guy and I love when movies do that. I love when I can tell that there's probably going to be a sequel or there can be a sequel and it just leaves more room for the story to grow and, and that's just – that's what I like. So that's how I ended it. Well, people were furious when they found out. My my readers, namely a lot of my family, my grandmother loves this for this series. Um uh, but a lot of my my early readers um started with this this book and they've been with me ever since, but they were furious that I was not going to continue with the series. They really enjoyed the characters, they liked the storyline. So I ended up writing two more. Uh I wrote uh the same year that um that book, Love Before Law, came out. I wrote Vengeance Before Virtue. First book, Love Before Law, took me a year and a half. This second one took me, I think, two or three months to write. 
and uh, get published. So by the end of the year, I had that one published, uh, Vengeance Before Virtue. And after that, I dove right into the third book in the series called Rage Before Redemption. And that book took me maybe a month and a half to write. And um, that book started, uh, was the, the book, first book that I put out in 2020. So um, last, beginning of last year was when I put that book out. Then I decided when I had three in that series, uh, I wanted to do something different. I'm a big Criminal Minds fan. I love that style of story, very kind of um, bone-chilling and uh, at times gruesome and brutal, but uh, you know, very kind of detective, serial killer type story. And so I thought it would be kind of a cool concept, one that I hadn't seen before. I'm sure it's out there. Uh, I, just, I just haven't personally come across it where... The book, uh, I wrote a book about a detective, the main character being a detective, and the, the, uh, the book jumps back and forth chapter to chapter between its first person uh, narrative, and it jumps back and forth between the point of view of the detective and the point of view of the killer. And it does it in a way that it doesn't reveal too much about the killer to where you know exactly who the killer is because that ends up being kind of the big twist in the end is is it's kind of revealed who the killer was all along and things are kind of sprinkled along the way. But that book was called Eyes Never Lie and uh, very much a detective, uh, serial killer, th- uh, thriller, uh, crime thriller. And I had a lot of, lot of fun writing that book and creating that book. And um, so I ended up writing the sequel. I jumped right into the sequel of that book next. So that book came out in, I want to say, March or April of 2020. From there, I jumped right into the sequel. It was called All in the Family. And uh, again, same same detective as the main, main character, new killer. And uh, again, jumped back and forth between the perspectives, um, uh, the point of views, I should say. And... Uh, all in the family that came out. I want to say in June 2020. Then I took a break from that series. I had an idea in my head about a normal guy, normal family man who something terrible happens to, and he ends up turning into essentially a vigilante slash assassin. And I just I I this kind of idea was in my head, and I just couldn't couldn't get it out of my head. And so um, I I put a pause on the what's now become the Casey Norris detective series and wrote the book True Justice, which to this day is my favorite book that I've written. Um, probably one of the least favorite of my readers, not that it's gotten very many poor reviews. It's gotten a lot of good reviews and people who have read it have had good things to say, but it just hasn't had the reception that I was expecting it to have. But um, to this day, I still believe my best, if not my best, definitely one of my top one or two uh, books that I've written and definitely my favorite in terms of the story. And so I wrote that book. Um, it didn't have a great reception. That one came out, would have been maybe August, maybe July, August of 2020. Didn't have a great reception, so I went back to my Casey Norris detective series and I wrote the third book called Sleeping Beauties. And that one came out probably would have been October, and that was the last time I had a release. I, I put out five books last year. It was a busy year for me, <laughs> and I uh, but I put all those out. And then I actually, after Sleeping Beauties, wrote half of the sequel to True Justice, and I still have that half of that manuscript written. 
But for some reason in the middle, I, I decided I wanted to write a standalone instead. <laughs> so, so I jumped over and I began writing what is my upcoming release um, in the dead of winter. So um, yeah, so once in the dead of winter is complete, that'll be my eighth book. And uh, I will then put the last half finish on the sequel to True Justice. And by the end of the year, it is my goal to have my 10th book out and published, which will mean in, in, let's see, three years, technically, two and a half years-ish of publishing. Um, Well, no, let's see. Yeah, like two and a half years, two, two and a half years of publishing, I will have put out 10 books. Um, so that's, that's a big goal of mine is to get to 10 books. And so that, that will definitely happen by the end of the year. And that's where we are. That's a little bit about me and my writing life and my career and how I've come to where I am now. And as far as the future, um, I plan to keep writing. Uh, I'm 26. I just turned 26 and just got married and just bought a house and and um I just really just kind of discovered this not very long ago a few few short years ago but I've learned a lot in that time and I've been able to accomplish a lot at least by my own standards in that time and I've got a lot of ideas uh for future books that I want to write and uh I don't plan to stop maybe ever um I have a lot of fun writing the books I have a lot of fun getting lost in the world that I am creating and, um, it's, it's really, a it's really a, a, it's a pleasure for me. It's, it's a passion for me. It's a lot of fun. It's an escape from the craziness of life. It's a creative outlet. And it's one of the greatest things that I've ever, that I've ever kind of stumbled across is something that I didn't, I didn't imagine that I would be doing this. I didn't imagine that I would enjoy, um, writing and, and doing it, um, kind of on the side and and using my free time to do it but it's something that I really really love to do and I plan to continue to do it as a as a whether it is forever and always be a side hustle or whether it becomes a I become a a New York Times best-selling author and I can do it for a career for for truly as a as a as a for income um for a living Uh, I don't know where it's going to take me but what I do know is that as long as my fingers can type or my hands can write or I can speak words into existence. I will continue to write, and um, and hopefully you will have you'll find some of these books are are exciting to you and and fun and thrilling to you. If you do want to check out any of my books, by the way, another shameless plug: you can find all of them at tylerporterbooks.com. Um, just go to the novels. I think it's novels tab, and you can find them all there. All the series are are together, so you, it's not confusing of what goes with what. You can also uh, search Tyler Porter Books on Amazon.com. Most of them are also on uh, not only uh, obviously Kindle, but also on Nook at Barnes and Noble. You can find them on Apple Books, Google Books. I think it's Google Books. <laughs> um, but uh, they're they're everywhere. <laughs> they're everywhere. And uh, of course, if you'd like a signed copy of any of my novels, you can go to the signed books tab at tylerporterbooks.com. So there we have it. That's a little bit more about me. If you were curious, uh, maybe you weren't at all. And uh, if so, uh, it was a nice little reminder for me about where I came from and where I started and and how far I've really come, like I say, by my own standards. But um, so yeah, so hopefully that gave you a little bit of insight as to who, into who I am and, and what I do and what I plan to do in the future. So 
Uh, as always, please don't hesitate to reach out to me uh, via email. You can email me at tyler at tylerporterbooks.com. You can connect with me on social media. Uh, on Facebook, you can you can look up the Tyler Porter Books uh, Tyler Porter Books Facebook page. I believe I'm at author Tyler Porter on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> That's a new one. Um, but you can, and I'm, you can also search Tyler Porter books on YouTube, um, where I have not done much lately, but I plan to start getting back into a little bit more with the video, um, type content. So hopefully you're taking something away from this podcast. Please let me know if there's anything that I can do to improve it. If there are any topics that you'd specifically like me to go over other than that, I will continue to do this. I'm having fun with it. And, uh, hopefully we, hopefully you'll have fun right along with me. Uh, hopefully you are having a good week, had a good day, have a good rest of your weekend, a good weekend and a good holiday weekend. Spend some time with your friends and your family. Stay safe and we will see you again real soon.